you. Praise the Lord. We're so glad you're here today. I do want to encourage you, if you have not been water baptized, uh, next Sunday is our water baptism service. So get signed up for that. And uh, so in second service next Sunday, we'll have a water baptism. So if you've never been water baptized, just sign up out here. Come at 10 o'clock and we'll walk you through it. There's an information sheet out there for that. And that'll be a great time. Amen? Amen. And then next Sunday, we have the next four weeks of July, the last four weeks of July, the 8th through the end of July, we have a special series on relationship that we're going to be doing. So the next four weeks is going to be on relationships. Let me know relationships are the most rewarding things in life and the most challenging thing. Amen. Amen. Just getting along with people can be a challenge. Amen. Whether you like them or not, it can be a challenge. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. My wife and I have been working through 39 years of, of relationship. Praise the Lord. And so we love that and stuff. In fact, I told her the other day, I said, you've almost been married twice as long as you've been alive. <laughs> Next year will be our 40th anniversary. And so well, I married her when she was 20. Amen. I was an early shopper myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, uh, but we have a great life and great love, great family and that. But you're always building your relationships, always. Relationships are a key to life. The, the value of your life is in your relationships and what you do. So I encourage you this next four weeks to be a part of that. And then, uh, other words, I want to remind you, and Tim did it, and the Lord just quickened it to me this morning uh, in service, and I just, as I came down, I was just thinking about it. And uh, how many remember the centurion that came to Jesus for a servant to be healed? Here in Matthew chapter 8, and then in Luke chapter 7 is the account also. But he's going, he didn't feel he's worthy to approach the Lord. So he sent the delegation on his behalf of, the, of elders that go and ask the, the petition the Lord. And they say, Lord, uh, the centurion, he has a servant, he loves him. And he has been so good to us that he has actually, Luke chapter 7 and verse 5 says that he has built, he loves your people, he loves us, he loves the Jewish nation, he loves the people, and he's built us a synagogue and that. And then I think that person, and some Bible uh, theologians agree with me on this, is that that same person that is the person we hear about in Acts chapter 10, who is Cornelius. Cornelius was also a Roman centurion. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 1, it says this, that the Lord appears in him, verses uh, 1 through 4, and it says that, the angel says, your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before you. So not just your prayers, but your prayers and your giving gain an audience with God. And so he got that special invitation and the Lord showed up. And we know the account that Peter came and, and preached the gospel and him and his whole house got saved, baptized with the Holy Spirit. God poured his spirit out and used him as a gateway of, the, of declaring to the nation that the Holy Spirit was not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles as well. Amen. You and I ought to say thank God for Cornelius. Amen. Yeah. So for, but his prayers and his alms, his prayers and his giving... God was recognized by God. It was memorial for God. So know that when you give and when you serve, that you have a memorial, that God sees that and pays attention to it. Amen? Amen. You know, this week is the 4th of July, and we celebrate that, and we're free because of the sacrifice of so many. But how many know that freedom's not free? Amen. So just before we get in the message this morning, I have a little clip I want to pray for. If you have that, David, go ahead.
Amen. How many can say thank you for our freedom? Amen. Thank God. Amen. I'll do something uh, this morning again. We did it on Memorial Day, but I'd ask you to stand with me this morning. I want to pledge allegiance to the flag this morning. And uh, I believe and I'm thankful for the freedom that we have in our nation where we can freely worship God and freely live. Amen? Amen. And so, but it's because of the sacrifice of so many that we have. And uh, so today, if you'll join me. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Give the Lord a good praise. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. It's important that we remember and that we stand and defend our freedoms. Can you say amen? Amen. And uh, so today, I just want to take a, a few moments. And, you know, the Declaration of Independence declares the, our freedom and our liberty as citizens of the United States. And a lot of what our rights are, and, and, and it is that. It's the declaration of freedom and independence. But how many know the Word of God is the declaration of your freedom and independence in Christ? And so as it said there at the end, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, that Christ has set us free. And we're not to be entangled again in a yoke of bondage. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to read a couple verses to you. One is Philippians chapter 3, and uh, it is in uh, verse 10. Just want to read one. I read a lot of it this morning, but for time's sake, I'm only going to read Philippians chapter three and verse ten today. And uh, but Philippians, Paul says this in Philippians chapter three. A couple of weeks ago, we shared a message with you on climbing your ladder to the top and using Paul's example about how to reach our goal in Christ. But in chapter three and verse ten, Paul says this, and this is Paul writing from Rome. He's in prison at Rome. It's the end of his life. He's the last two years of his life. He was uh, spent in prison there at Rome, and then he was beheaded there. And uh, so he writes this letter to the church at Philippi while being in prison there at Rome. And this is what he says at the end of his life. This is his goal and his aspiration: that I might know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Father, I thank you in these next few moments that you will help me and enable me by your Holy Spirit to speak words that declare the freedom that we have through your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, let us have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, somebody said? Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 5, again, I like what it says in the, in the New Living Translation. It says this, my old self is, or excuse me, um, it says, just as he rose, chose us in him, or excuse no, that's not the one I want. Here it is, Galatians chapter, no, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the, I got too many verses stacked up there. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So Christ has given you a liberty that you have to stand fast in. Amen? And so that's what we want to talk about this morning is just our freedom that we have in Christ. You have freedom in Christ. Coming to Christ means so much. It means more than just having our sins forgiven. We actually shared communion this morning. This is the declaration that you have a covenant with God. And covenants come with provisions. 
There are provisions there. It's two parties who pledge an allegiance to each other or make a pact with each other and to be there for each other. Amen? A marriage is a covenant. One thing we say in a marriage is all that I am and all that I ever shall be in our vow. We give ourselves completely to one another. I give to you now. Amen? And so it's a giving of ourselves one to another. So we pledge to be there one for another. And God is pledged to be there for you when you accept Christ as your Savior, you now have a covenant with God through Christ, and He has pledged to be with you and to be there for you, whatever you need. He brings all of His provision to bear and to access for you and me to partake of. Could you say amen? amen? He brings that into our life. And so we have His provision in our life. And so we want to stand fast in that. You see, from the beginning, I haven't quite got to my outline yet, I just want to read you that from the beginning God has been a liberator of man every act of his benevolence towards us has been to secure and to ensure our freedom he is the one who has provided and made an escape for us through every trial and temptation God knew man would need a way of escape a path to freedom and so he ordained it even before he created us, revealing to us that our freedom in him began in eternity and will find its completion there as well. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4 says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. God chose you in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I get excited that God chose me. I always think I found God. No, he found you long before you found him. Amen. You just realize he found you. Amen? Amen. And so this morning, I want you to look at your outline. I want to walk you through this a little bit. But I want to talk to you about freedom in Christ and to understand this in connection. We must always remember the one thing that sets our faith above and beyond all others is that Christianity is the only faith with a crucified and risen Savior. If you study the religions of the world, no other religion has a God that chose to live and to die for them. Only we do as believers in Christ. And so think about that. As I said, communion is a celebration that we just had and the, and the remembrance of our freedom in Christ. Now say this with me. It's an inside job. Your salvation, your life in Christ is an inside job. How, how many are going to eat lunch today? How many is going to take the lunch and just smear it all over the outside of you? I, t I think I'll just rub my lunch on the outside of me. If I, if I just rub food on the outside of me, that, 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 I'll get nourished as well. I'm sure, you know, some of it will seep through my skin. I'll get some vitamins. It could be weird, you know. But how many know food has to get inside of you? And then when it gets inside of you, once you partake of it and it is digested, it's transformed in the nutrients that it contains. The life that it contains becomes life in your body. And the same way what God says when Jesus said, you know what, I'm giving you my life and my blood except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you are not mine, none of mine. I am the living bread. And so when we partake of Christ, it's, it's spiritually, it's like eating food. The Word of God has said that man shall not live, uh, uh, Deuteronomy 8 and Matthew 4, 4, man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So the, the Word of God is living bread. And so as I partake, 
partake of that. It is an inside job. God's life is taken into us. We receive his word into us. And the life begins to transform. It begins to produce life on the inside. Amen? But I can't just take the word and rub it on the outside of me. I go get barbecue beef today and rub it on the outside of me. My shirt will change colors, but my life won't change. Are you with me? And so we can't just rub God on the outside of us. We have to allow an inside job to take place. That's why the Bible says, though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed day by day. Amen? And so we have this promise of God on the inside. No other religion in the world has a resurrection. The cross of Christ is the greatest display of love that the world has ever known. When you look to the cross, you look to Calvary. When you see Jesus there, that's the greatest display of love the world has ever known. The resurrection of Christ is the greatest act of power the world has ever known. You know, we have a lot of power to destroy things, but we have no power to bring life back from the dead. Man has been able to create death, but he has not been able to create life. And that's the, the, the creation of life from the dead is the greatest display and the greatest act of power that the world has ever seen. Man in all of his glory and ingenuity cannot invent or create anything that will conquer death and produce life from the fear and the bondage of corruption. Man endeavors to expand a few years of his life here on earth to find the answer and to cure sickness and disease when answers are already here in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, there are all kinds of marketing firms right now and businesses that people are getting in in on and you can buy, you know, there's creams that that, that make your wrinkles shrink. Problem is when you wake up in the morning, your wrinkles are back and you need some more cream. Amen. And so people are getting rich off of us trying to hide our wrinkles. But it's a temporary fix or you're spending money on something that won't last. Glory to God, you got a lot invested in those wrinkles. Amen. There's a lot of smiles. There's a lot of, there, there's a lot of memories. There's a lot of history. There's a lot of experience behind that. Why hide that? Rejoice. Amen. Amen. Rejoice in, in growing and aging and doing all that. Praise the Lord. People say all the time, Pastor, are you slowing down? I say, why would I slow down? I'm the smartest I've ever been. Amen. amen. The older you every day, you're learning more. Can you say amen? amen? It's getting better. You're growing. But we keep trying to do everything, but we can't do anything to change the aging process. My grandfather pastored for 56 years, and just a couple days before he passed away, we had a, in 1982, we had a family reunion at, uh, at, at, with them in Gooding, Idaho, and we went up there, and uh, I got to meet with Grandpa, and we had just been in the ministry a year, and as we're sitting there, Grandpa just looked at me and said, Son, you can pray and believe God for anything, but there's one thing you can't stop. I said, what's that, Grandpa? He said, the aging process. <laughs> Amen. You can't stop aging. But yet we're trying. Think of all the money people are spending on trying to live longer today. Amen. In fact, it was interesting. Pastor Sue and I, I know this sounds weird. We had a date the other day, and we went and made our funeral arrangements. You know, that's fun. What do you want to do today? Oh, let's go plan our death together. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's awesome. So, so we planned it. And, and then we, we met with the funeral director, and, and this is what he said. He says, are you dying of anything besides life? I mean, what a, what a great thought. Because you were born to die. 
And the challenge is, what's going to happen when you die? Jesus came and we have freedom in Christ and resurrection life so that death is not the final sting. Amen? Amen. So we have, and we've been given victory over death. So we no longer have to fear death. It's like people, well, what if somebody breaks in my house and kills me? Well, what would be the downside? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Oh, you're going to send me to heaven. Thank you. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a perspective. But if I don't have that perspective, then I spend my life. Hebrews 2 and verse 14 says that Jesus came and became a partaker of flesh and blood just like you and me. So he could free those who were all their lifetime subject to the bondage of the fear of death. Jesus came and died so you and I would no longer have to be afraid of death. Are you with me this morning? And so we live in that victory. You see, Calvary is the expression of the love of God. The resurrection explains the power of God. And Jesus died for us to be free. Since that day over 2,000 years ago, there's been a rise and fall of numerous empires. Man and his armies have exchanged territory for a season only to lose them again to a stronger opponent. We see that you read history and governments and turnover and change over. But Jesus did not come to establish an empire here on earth and to reign just merely among men. That's what his disciples wanted. That's what people wanted. Are you going to give us a kingdom? Are you going to reign here now? He came to establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Somebody say as it is in heaven. How many have ever prayed the Lord's Prayer? Okay, help me. How does this start? Our Father. Who? Amen. Stop right there. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus declared that the will of God was for his kingdom to come to the earth and us for us to live in the provision of that kingdom. How many know the Bible says we are in the world, but we are not of the world? You can write this down. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says that we have been translated, taken out of the powers of the kingdom of darkness, and we've been translated and placed into the kingdom of his son. You are citizens of a heavenly kingdom. When you get born again, when you accept Christ as your Savior, you're taken out from under the control and the dominion of the devil and the enemy, and you're brought into the kingdom of God, and you're brought in under his provision and his protection. Can you say amen? Amen. And so what happened there, he came to establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, and though... Every empire of man has fought against his kingdom and sought to overthrow its rule. He still prevailed and his kingdom still stands. Isn't it sad that in America today our children cannot pledge allegiance to our own national flag in our public schools? Amen. Amen. And it's all a fight because they don't want to say one nation under God. Because they're trying to throw off the authority and the rule of God. They're fighting against God's kingdom. But how many know that God's kingdom is still advancing? No matter what happened in the 19, in, 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 when China kicked out all the missionaries and, and ran them out in the 1940, they ran out all the missionaries. There was only a few million believers in there and thought, we'll get rid of all the missionaries and we'll stop this Christian thing. We'll stop this gospel thing. There's about 4 million believers or so, maybe a few more when, when they did that. When they came back in in 1988, when they opened up and let the missionaries come back in 40 years later, there were over 40 million believers. Amen. 
So when the church went underground, it exploded. Are you with me? So the kingdom can't be stopped. Why? Because it's alive with resurrection power. For it's not a kingdom of mere land and territory. It's a kingdom that is established in the hearts of men and women. It is an established territory that cannot be conquered by anything other than love. How many have been conquered by the love of God? I have. I mean, I was a mess. At 25, I was a total failure and a mess. And I just give my life to God, and He accepts me as a failure in the natural. But in His eyes, I was never a failure. Amen. Because He didn't create you to fail. He put His purpose, He put His destiny on the inside of you. And we just come to that day where we just say yes to God, and then He releases in us and through us what He always created us to be, what He assigned us to be. Could you say amen? Amen. So think about it. The day he rose and left the dead, Satan's empire fell. Say this with me. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. You need to remember that. I heard a guy say it a long time ago. He said, I'll help you. You don't have to be real smart to have good theology. I said, oh, yeah, what's that? He said, God's a good God and the devil's a bad devil. <laughs> if you get that, just get that straight. Amen. Sue and I were talking about the other day, we saw a post by somebody that we know is a Christian. They had all the secular stuff they're doing. I'm thinking like this. Well, all the people claiming to be Christian, but I kind of learned this a long time ago. If it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, and swims like a duck, it's probably a duck. Amen? So if I'm a Christian and I walk like the world, talk like the world, act like the world, involved in everything the world's in, anyway, moving right along. That's not in my notes, but that was free. Amen. So think about it. The resurrection isn't just a part of my theology. The resurrection is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. Amen. My pastor preached amazing messages. But every message that the gospel has or that anybody preaches is just this simple. This is the gospel. Let go of the world. Grab hold of God. Amen. You cannot hold on to the world and hold on to God. Why isn't the word working for me? How tight of hold do you have on the word of God? What are you trying to blend together? You can't blend those two together. They're oil and water. They will not mix. Shake it up, whatever you want to do. Be Pentecostal. But when it all settles, the oil rises to the top. Amen? And so you have to remove it. It just has to be pure living water. Are you with me? So look at The resurrection of Jesus is the standard of power in the New Testament. What is there after that? What are you you going to do after the resurrection? That's the standard of power. Think about it. It's the miracle of miracles. What greater work can God do than to raise life from the dead? What greater power can he give than this? What more could we need than the power of his resurrection? You see, Jesus came for us to be free. He broke every chain. On that cross, he broke every chain and every yoke of body. When he stood in Luke chapter 4, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel, to bring recovery of sight to blind, to set captives free, to heal the brokenhearted. How many know every every declaration that he made was a declaration of freedom the anointing came to set us free and that's where we're supposed to live as believers that's supposed to be our confidence first john chapter 5 says that uh, tells us that this is the confidence that we have that when we pray and we ask anything according to his will how many know his word is his will amen get back to the bible become a bible person again what does the bible say come on sean i like sean 
I'm going to pay him just for being here today. Amen. But that, we, we have this bracelet. That, what does the word say? People have all these different ideas. That's a great idea. But what does the word say? So let me ask you, how do you live by faith? Faith is when you, faith comes by hearing and hearing the message that's contained in the word of God. But, and so you have faith and it's connected to all kinds of other things. But faith is always connected to what you hear. What you're hearing, then I exercise my faith in that direction. But when it comes to believing God, I have to believe His Word is truer than my circumstances. Amen. That everything is temporal and subject to change based upon the promise of His Word. And so it's, it's the end of a debate. One of the great years ago, 20 years ago, when Jerry Savelle was here and he preached when we did the first motorcycle ride with him, that night in that service, he preached a message, and I, I've re preached it a lot of times and tied it in. The title of his message was this. That we live in the in-between place. He talked about life in the in-between place. Where do you live? And it was just this. You live in between. Amen. And there it is. That's where you live. Amen. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Whatever it is. Amen. And then there it is. And that's where you live. And in between amen and there it is, you just live saying, Father, I thank you. I am the healed of the Lord. Father, I thank you. I have that job. I was blessed by Dwayne, our bass player, because he told me that, that they, they, he'd been believing for two and a half years. Somebody say two and a half years. He'd been believing for two and a half years. You see him come up here and play bass, but he's already worked all night. He gets off at 7 o'clock in the morning. He shows up here at 8 o'clock in the morning for band practice, and then he plays. And sometimes when you see him take his guitar and go out, he's already worked all the way through the night and been there and everything else to be here and been faithful for, I don't know, over 15 years here at, our, at the house and, and, and serving the Lord, but just an awesome man of God. But God now has opened the door. He finally got a day job, but he'd been believing God for two and a half years, and we've been praying together and standing there together and I said man I saw him this morning I said Dwayne do you have a day job yet he said next week I said glory to God that's awesome but you live between amen and there it is and so but by faith you have to be convinced that God's word is true and you have to believe that the answer is on the way and you have to keep your words in agreement with his promise. Are you listening to me? Your word has to be in agreement with God's word. You have to say, what did you ask for? What did you believe for? That's the only thing that comes out of your mouth. God, I thank you. It is on the way. I thank you. My healing is on the way. I thank you. I am the healed of the Lord. Well, you still have symptoms. That's right. But I'm in between. Amen. And there it is. And there it is. Is on the way. Amen. How many know that just makes you feel better than saying, oh, gloom, despair, and agony on me? We can do better. Speak the word. What's wrong with speaking the word? Well, I, I need a healing. Just call yourself. Thank you, Father. I'm not the sick of the Lord. I am the healed of the Lord. I am the redeemed of the Lord. My God supplies all my need. Healing is a need. Provision is a need. Housing is a need. Whatever my need is, God supplies my need. I can call it in in Jesus' name. Well, Pastor, that's kind of crazy. No, it's a covenant. Amen. It's a covenant. It's God's provision to you and to I. Now, religion, let me just give it to you like this. You start believing God. And see, Pastor Jerry said it was good. He talked about the glory of God. What's the glory of God? The presence of God, the power of God, and the goodness of God upon your life. God wants to show you his glory. God's people should be living in his presence, should know his power, and should be experiencing his goodness. And so you start believing to see the presence of God, the power of God, and the goodness of God, and religious folk will get mad at you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, who are you to believe that? I'm just saved. I'm sorry. Wow, it's quiet in this Holy Ghost Bible-believing church this morning. Amen. No, I'm believing God. I'm standing, and I'm going to speak the word of God. Yeah, well, I know somebody who did that, and they didn't get anything. I said, okay, I don't care. I'm not them. Their experience doesn't determine my faith. The word of God determines my faith, not somebody else's experience. You're allowing other people's experience to determine whether you can believe God or not. Well, I know somebody who's believing God and they didn't get healed. I, 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 I'm standing with them. I have empathy for them. I have sympathy for them. But I don't care. Maybe their faith was little. Well, come on. You need to come preach with me, brother. But no. <clears throat> yeah, because you, you can have, the Bible says, exceeding great faith. You can have little faith or you can have no faith. Jesus said that, that I have found such exceeding great faith. Oh, you have little faith. And how is it that you have no faith? Are you with me? Well, this, the, 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 well, that's too much responsibility on me. I just want God to be sovereign and do everything. No, he's given you the authority. Amen. Are we doing all right? I'm way off my message, but this is good anyway. Yeah. Hallelujah. So watch this. What are we talking about? Ephesians chapter 1. Go back to this next point. Ephesians chapter 1. Watch this. We're talking about resurrection power. See, it was no strain for God to create the worlds and the universe. But to raise his son from the dead took the exceeding greatness of his power. I want you to hear this. Ephesians chapter 1 and beginning verse 17. That the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. Somebody say may know. Watch this. What is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saint? His inheritance is in you. You have an inheritance in Christ. And what is the exceeding, watch this, greatness of his power, what? Towards us who believe. What is the exceeding greatness of God's power towards us who believe according to the working, watch this, of his what? Mighty power. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Now, Paul just declared that the the power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that God has given to you and I. And that is working, is available to be working in you and I. Exceeding great power. Job chapter 26 is referenced there in verse 14. Job speaking when I see all of creation, when I look up at the universe and I see everything else. And Job says, yeah, these are but the fringes of his power. That's just the bare fringe of his power. And so God, to create the universe, speaks a word. But to raise his son from the dead, God had to use his exceeding great power. Amen. And that's the power that he has released into your life. Woo! Thank you, Lord. That's what I'm saying, Sean. Come on. <laughs> Amen. Now watch that. So how do we live free? See, Paul had one desire. You would think that his aspirations would be... Higher than mere simplicity of the declaration that we read in Philippians 3 and verse 10. After all, he endured for the sake of the gospel. Surely he would have asked for a greater compensation than just this. Look what he said. He says, I want to know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, and be made conformable unto his death. Look at this. First of all, there's no higher aspiration in life than knowing Christ in the fullness of all that he has been made to us. Amen. Years ago, 
I would play that. Uh, I haven't played it for a long, long time. But uh, uh, S.M. Locke here and, and the, the, the old black preacher, and he's preaching. And he says, I want to tell you about my Jesus. And he starts out, do you know him? <sighs> Man, you get saved. You'll run around this tent. Amen. So just, he just uh, he is everything and begins going. He's the highest, loftiest thought in all of philosophy. I mean, he just goes off on who Jesus is. And he just stops going, do you know him? Do you know him? My question to you is, do you know him? Do you know him in the exceeding greatness of his power? When you prayed, Lord Jesus, I believe in you as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that through the shedding of your blood, my sins are covered and washed away. I believe you've separated me as far as the east and the west, from the west, from my sins and from my path. I thank you today. I'm saved. I believe that I am born again. You know how you get born again? God Breathe his life into you. You become a recipient of the life of God. God now lives on the inside of you. Paul said you are now the temple, the abiding place of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow. <laughs> yes. Amen. Amen. But we think outwardly instead of inwardly. The problem is we got our lunch smeared on our face and we haven't been eating it. We need, this needs to be, when, become, when we start living, God ordained. The Word of God tells us that we are to live life from the inside out. What did Jesus say in John chapter 7? He stood up on the last day, the great day of the feast, and says, Hey, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living. Out of your being. Out of you, rivers of living water are going to flow out of you. I read those verses, and I just say, God, I want to know. I don't just want to know. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to have head knowledge so I can debate opinions with other believers. I want to experience the life of God in me. God, what's it like to have your life flow out? God, what's it like? You said these signs will follow them that believe. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. God, I want to experience that. I want to know what it's like to have faith in you to believe that you want to release your life and your power. You want to show your goodness and your power and your presence to others and you want to do it through my life. I don't just want to know about you I want to experience you amen Amen. Jesus died for you and I to have true freedom and one of the biggest chains on our life is religious thoughts and bondages that tell us we can't do what Jesus died for us to do amen come on Sean amen Sean and I are just going to have revival by ourselves right here All right. amen so watch this secondly There's no greater power on the earth than the power of his resurrection. Every weapon and stronghold of the enemy is destroyed and defeated with this one single blow. Somebody say there's power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Thirdly, Paul said to be joined with him in enduring the persecution that comes in this world for living a life surrendered to the will of God, to be content and dedicated to running your race with joy, knowing that you have already won. Man, I pray, if you don't have one, get a devotion on the way out. They're free. But this last week, the devo- everything in devotion tied in with my message. I'm reading I go, man, that's awesome, God, with what I'm preaching. On Wednesday, it said this. It was talking about Daniel being in the lion's den. It said, stop exhausting yourself, fighting the enemy, and 
the conditions around you. They are too many. Just lean on God and be innocent of the charges made by those who are jealous or afraid because of your position with God and man. See, God didn't rescue Daniel from the pit. He delivered him from the power of the enemy while he was in the pit. See, people try to run from evil. People try to get away from the lions and everything else, however you want to make application of that. But Dan just say, hey, throw me in there. I'll survive. God, I'm not going in alone. God is going in with me. And the one who goes in with me is the one who's going to bring me out with him. Glory to God. And so Daniel came out victorious. And God purposes that that will happen to you. The lions were still there when Daniel left. I love this. Waiting for their next victim. But they had no power over him as a redeemed child of God. Think about that. Daniel, and, and they have no power over you. Daniel went on to prosper in the kingdom. That, and that was, that's God's plan for you and I as well. Think about it. Daniel prospered under the reign of King Darius. And because Daniel allowed God to work in him, Darius came out and made a decree that God, that Daniel be God's, the God of Daniel would be their God. And then think about that. And then he threw the people that were against him into the lion. If you give God the opportunity, he will give you the victory and throw the enemies where they sought you to be. Amen? Turns it around. I love it. God is so good. He rescues and saves people. He rescued Daniel from the power of the lion. And when you walk with God, you can can count on him to protect you. Somebody ought to give the Lord a good praise. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Think about that. I love it. So, and lastly, he made, being made conformable to his death in dying to sin, he died for my sin, now I live. Now I die, to, he died for my sin, now I die to my sin. I put the old man to death and live in the power of the new man and that life through resurrection on the inside of me. Every day you're going to have to decide whether you're going to live by faith or by fear. Every one of them. Am I going to live by faith or am I going to live by fear? Amen. So when you get up today, tomorrow, you're going to decide, what am I going to put on? Faith, faith or fear? Faith. How you been? Every day we decide. Depend upon the circle. What's going on around you? What have you heard? What's the last report you got? How you been? Somebody say, I am. The healed of the Lord. Is that too hard to say? No. You know, a while back, I have this annoying cough because I always feel like I have snot running down the back of my throat. Amen. I know that's encouraging to hear this morning. <laughs> and it gets stuck right here in my throat. And so when you hear me cough and I'm preaching, up, I, I, cough, I feel like I have to cough and remove that little lump that's there and stuff. And so I cough. And, that, and so I go to the doctor. I said, hey, doc, how come I'm coughing all the time? Well, I don't know. I said, well, I feel like there's always this, you know, I eat and I drink something or do whatever and there's stuff right there and I feel like I got a cough and then I feel like I have to spit and stuff like that. And so, so well, I don't know, uh, maybe it's acid reflux. I said, acid reflux? I said, I haven't went, I haven't even eaten anything. I have it all done. It just happened, you know, it's not, my stomach's fine, everything else is fine. Well, we'll treat it as acid reflux. Here's to take this prescription and if that doesn't work, we'll up the, the strength of it. I said, so the best thing you have is an uneducated guess with all your education. Are you listening to me? And then I paid for that uneducated, uninformed guest. Amen. Now, I'm not against doctors. Use doctors. Use medicine. What I'm saying is have faith in God. Have faith in God. 
Some, some people have a hard time when you're experiencing an attack against your body physically to begin calling yourself the healed of the Lord while you're experiencing symptoms. But the woman with the issue of blood, who was born with it, I mean, who had an issue of blood for 12 years, went to doctors for 12 years and spent all her money and did not get better when she heard, somebody say heard, when she heard about Jesus, I'm not going to finish my message, you might as well give up. She said, when she heard about Jesus, this is what happened. She said and kept saying, she said and kept saying, if I can touch him, I will be made whole. And you know what she had to do? She had to put her life at risk amongst religious people. That if they found out, if the religious people of that day found out that if a woman with the issue of blood had come into their midst and did not announce herself unclean, unclean, so people could get out of the way, that if she made contact with them, they became ceremonially unclean, and they would have to go through a whole process. And according to the law, they had every right to stone her so she put herself at odds with the religious culture of that day and she said I'm willing to put myself at risk she said she heard Jesus was passing by and I like one preacher who preached on this the other day I heard him and he said you know what she didn't have time to go home and take a shower she didn't have time to put on her Sunday dress she didn't have time to, to get herself up she was a little stinky she had an issue of blood she had things going on she couldn't hide it and she had to go just as she was because she wanted to be healed more than she wanted to be pretty Amen. And so she pressed into that play and she crawled that play. If I can touch him, I will be made whole. When I touch him, I will be made whole. If I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And so she's calling herself healed before she ever experienced it. She was in between. Amen. And there it is. And the moment she made contact, Jesus stopped. And he's listening to what he said. He said, somebody has touched me. And the disciple says, are you kidding me? You're being pressed by a crowd. You're being thronged by people. Multitude are reaching and touching you. He said, no, somebody has made a connection. Somebody has made a demand. Somebody has believed in who I am. Somebody has made a withdrawal for I perceive power has gone out of me. I want to tell you today that when you believe in the liberty that is yours in Christ, you will no longer let religion keep you away. You will no longer care whether somebody wants to run you out of church, run you out of their Bible study, run you out of their fellowship group because you're believing God. Because you're going to believe for the power of God and the life of God and you're going to believe for the promise of God. Why? Because Jesus died for you and I to be free. I refuse to live by fear and to wear a coat of fear. I choose to put on faith every day. Could you shout amen? Amen. As the worship team comes back, you'll have to read the rest of your outline. It's in fantastic print there for you to get everything out of it. Thank you, Sean. I needed that acceptance this morning. I'll take you to lunch anywhere you want to go today, buddy. (laughs) Freedom. Freedom. Let me say this to you. If we were to catch a glimpse of his power, every fear would dissipate be destroyed every demon would flee and every need would be met by the exceeding greatness of this power that now lives abides and has taken up residence in us people say pastor why are you so passionate why are you so confrontational I'm not confrontational cancer's confrontational I'm not confrontational diabetes is confrontational I'm not confrontational anxiety is confrontational 
I'm not confrontational. Migraines are confrontational. I'm not confrontational. Back pain, hip pain, eye pain. I mean, every disease, sickness and disease, death is confrontational. I think you're excited and encouraged. <laughs> That's good, buddy. <laughs> Amen. No? But listen. You can be polite and mind your own business. And the enemy will attack you. I'm just going to be a nice believer. I don't want to upset anybody. Amen. It's not about upsetting anybody. It's about deciding Jesus died for you to be free. Do you understand that? It's been my passion for 37 years. Jesus died to make you free. I get in trouble all the time for telling people they can be free. They can be free. I'll never forget. Some of you have been here long. You heard me tell the story when we got to go to Indonesia. And we're there. And in one of the meetings, they, we had a driver that would, the host family that we stayed with. And they had a driver, but he was a Muslim driver. And they would have guest speakers come in. I mean, world-renowned ministers come in and do crusades and coliseums and stuff and drive all around. At that time, we were just pastoring up in Bieber, a little town of 500 people. Little church, about 100 people up there, having fun. You know, just too dumb to know the difference. Amen? So we're there, and so they have me. He said, can you come do a devotion at our office? So he's a real estate businessman. He had an office in Singapore, office in Jakarta, and office in Surabaya. And he actually had two offices in Surabaya. So I went to one office, and, and, and my friend Bob went to the other office. And so they had about 35 employees. And he says, we do every Monday morning, we do devotions. And so we bring the staff in. We have devotion. So if you come in and do devotions this morning. Well, I had his wife, Inca, with me. And she was my translator. So I said, okay. I said, this is what we're going to do. We're pre- preach the gospel. And we'll pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit and that. And so I preached. And, and uh, then I gave the invitation. I said, if you're here and you've been, maybe you're here, you were saved, been baptized with the Holy Spirit, but you just haven't been free in the Holy Spirit. You haven't been praying in your prayer language and that, and you just like to be free. You'd like to just reopen that well that I want to pray for you first. And then maybe you're here and you've never been saved, but you want to accept the Lord as your Savior, but you'd like to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then we'll pray for all you later. Well, the whole office gets baptized with the Holy Spirit. And everybody commits their life. They're all, and they're all praying in the Spirit, praying in the tongue. And then the next thing you know, these three little ladies go outside because the driver, we're in, we're in this room, and there's a double sliding glass door, and he's sitting outside the table at the conference room there. They drag the poor guy in. These three little ladies go out, grab him, drag him in, and they bring him up to me. And they go, he needs to be saved. He's a Muslim. Or, 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 I have to back up. They, didn't say, they just drag him in, and they say, he, he needs to be saved. And I go to lay hands on him, and the power of God, Somebody say the glory of God. The glory of God is His power, His presence, and His goodness. Okay? Now listen, people who don't believe when they experience the power, how many know that changes? How many know power removes all the arguments? The power of God and the presence of God removes all the arguments. So I go to lay hands on him. The power of God hits him. He falls out on the ground. It looks like he died. His eyes roll back in his head and just goes, I go, oh my gosh, I killed him. And then they start, that's when they start saying, he's a Muslim, he's a Muslim. So I just knelt down and I just hit him three times on the chest. Be free, be free, be free. Boom. And he comes up, eyes open, smile on his face, praying in other tongues. I was like, 
God, you are awesome. Amen. And he gets saved right there. Amen. He gets saved right there. God's will is that people don't remain in bondage. They don't remain broke. But that somewhere, you got to believe that God wants to use you. That he sets you free. Some of you have been bound by the chain of just being used by God, believing God. I am so unconventional. And God needs people that are unconventional. We have enough polished preachers. We need some with some scuffs on them. Amen. That just believe God and want to see God do great things through their life. Could you shout amen? amen? Stand with me this morning. I'm done. God's not, but I am. I, tell, I, I felt it all week. I've been preparing this all week. Just to believe that this could be an Independence Day. Because I know there are some, every Sunday I know, There are people who walk through these doors. Every time we meet, there are people who walk through these doors that are not free. They believe in God, but they're bound by fears. They have things happening in their life, but they don't have true freedom in Christ. But today, Jesus wants to completely break every yoke and every chain off your life. I believe today is a day of independence, a declaration of independence. I'm trying to preach this message just to declare the freedom that Jesus brought through his resurrection into our life. The Constitution is our declaration of independence this bible is a declaration of independence my bible says that those who the son has set free are free indeed amen Amen. that jesus declared i will set you free and you will be completely free paul said as we read stand fast for in the liberty so this morning this is what we're doing if you're here today and you have never accepted christ as your savior i want you everybody to pray this prayer out loud heavenly father i believe today That Jesus Christ is your only son. That he came to take my sin. To bear it upon the cross. That I might be forgiven and set free from every part of my past. Every failure of my life. Cleansed and forgiven. Today I declare that I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me cleansing me by your blood in Jesus name I am saved I am born again now father fill me with your Holy Spirit I will live for you and honor you all the days of my life in Jesus name amen if you prayed that, you come. You never prayed that. Will you come see me? I want to pray with you after service right up here. If that's your first time you prayed that, I want to pray with you. But if you're here today, if you're here today and you've taken anything as a believer, you said, I just wish I could get these chains off of me. I read the word and I see where I'm supposed to be free. I read the word and I believe that I'm supposed to be healed. I believe that I'm supposed to have a job. I believe for this area and that. But I need this broken, these chains off of my life. I want to walk in the liberty that Christ has for me. If you've had long-term physical issues or conditions that you've been battling, reoccurring conditions in your life or ongoing, I want to pray for you right now. Move quickly out of your seat come up here right now so we can pray this morning hallelujah thank you lord amen anybody else anything you want broken off your life today's the day to do it this is the day of freedom right now in jesus name come on a declaration of freedom well i have to walk up there i'd rather walk up in front of people than stay bound where i'm at hallelujah 
See, we, we, we've been, you've been conditioned by culture. I didn't get to it, but in first service I said it. The Lord showed up to Gideon and said, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. He said, no, I'm not. I've been conditioned by the culture of my family and generation that God doesn't show up. God doesn't deliver us anymore. And God said, this is what you're going to do. I'm calling you a mighty man of valor. The angel of the Lord appeared to him. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to go out tonight and you're going to tear down those altars of Baal that your father's resurrected. And you're going to build back an altar to me. And you're going to see me show up in your life. And you're going to become a great deliverer over your people. God did not allow Gideon to stay conditioned by the culture of his day. You need to break out of the culture of your day. Some of you need to tear down those altars and let God build a new altar in your heart towards him right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Raise your hands up to heaven. Hallelujah. Father, today I declare your freedom over your people in the name of Jesus. Jesus, we believe that you died and shed your blood for us. We partook of the bread and of the cup today. We remember. We remember that you gave your life and your body for us. And you said this is the new covenant that I make for you. And it is sealed in my body and sealed in my blood. We remember that by your stripes we were healed. By your blood we are forgiven. We don't have to carry the weight the yoke of our path. Your word declares you don't give us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I thank you Father right now in Jesus name. I declare peace over your people in Jesus name. I declare freedom over their lives in Jesus name. Father there are those standing here and in this room that didn't even come forward. They haven't had a decent night's sleep and they can't remember when because there's an unrest in their soul. There's no peace in their spirit. Jesus you breathe on them and you said peace be unto you and Lord you told your disciples when you go into a house let your peace enter into that house so Father I release your peace into their lives right now in Jesus name and I declare a rest over them in the name of Jesus may they rest tonight and sleep tonight like they haven't slept in a long 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 time and Father I declare healing over them right now in Jesus name Father I know we could lay hands on everybody and do it but the centurion said this Lord speak the word and my servant will be healed so Father I'm speaking your word over your people today and I'm calling them healed in Jesus name I'm calling them delivered in Jesus name and I'm declaring today that they are free in Jesus name somebody said amen Amen. now say this with me raise your hand back up to heaven you don't have to be up here everybody can do it say this with me Father Father. today I declare I am a child of God I believe Your exceeding great power lives in me. So today, I declare, I am free. I am healed. I am set free by the blood in Jesus' name. Amen. Give God one more praise. What I say is one thing. What you say is another. I, I believe God. You can't, you can't live by my confession. You can't warn my armor. And you can't live by my faith. You have to choose to live by your own faith and make your own declaration. Amen. I'm going to ask him to sing this last song just before we release you to go out. You already sang it. You split the sea, listen, so I could walk right through it. See, we just sang songs of victory. 
You split the sea so I could walk right there. I'm a child. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I want you to sing it now in the liberty that God has just poured out upon your life. And I want you to declare, sing it like you've never sung it before. Sing it like it's not a song. It's your confession. It's your declaration. You're walking out of here in freedom in Jesus' name. Come on, Lord.